The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity, sponsored by my favorite hard tequila seltzer, Mamitas. You guys know it. You've heard me talk about it for like a year now. It comes in four delicious flavors. I'll do mine in order. So I like Paloma first. Then I like Lime then mango, then pineapple. That's just my personal preference. But it comes in variety packs and you can get it on GoPuff if you want it delivered straight to your door. It's just like supernatural, literally tequila and seltzer. None of that, like, um, what's it called? Like none of that malt shit that we don't like. It's delicious. So I am so excited that Mamitas is back and you you guys will see me drinking it throughout the year. Um, let's get into today's episode. We're covering like an array of topics today. I have, first of all, I want to talk about, last week I told you guys I was in a slump. So we're going to talk about that, getting our life back on track. Then I have an um, an interview with Taylor Strecker, who is a professional talker, radio host, late in life lesbian, all of the things. We talk about divorce. We talk about growing pains, life stages. Today's podcast aside from the spill the tea segment is going to be very like heavy on life topics then at the ask Alyssa we're diving into an array of questions from unprotected sex to dealing with loss and grieving to learning how to put yourself and your needs above others so that will be in the ask Alyssa segment and then during the spill the tea segment we'll lighten things up because we want to end on a positive note Rihanna's pregnant we're going to be discussing Kim Pete and Kanye yes it's still going on it's like never ending at this point and we will be talking about the shows that I've been watching like Ozark Too Hot to Handle and Euphoria so stick around for those segments Um, but yeah I want to talk about like finding my stride and stuff before we get there though there are a few housekeeping items (laughs) so first of all Gia's on the mic today what's up guys and Grace who you guys probably know from Brianna Chicken Fry Grace is Brianna's best friend she's now doing our social so she's in the room with us she's on the mic but she's here and um so the publicity team is not only expanding in the office but it's also expanding outside of the office because I hired a personal assistant (laughs) I saw that I saw that I'm so happy so I mean personal assistant is like loose it's you know that makes it sound way more legit than it is. Basically, I just I have someone coming one day a week while I'm at work to just help me get my life in order. And um, it's been so nice. Like Friday, I worked from home because it was snowy. So I was there. Also, I wanted to be there her first day. And she helped me like list my stuff on Poshmark, like get packages. We hung my art. Yeah. Like it's just like having another hand to help me do the shit that I can't do myself. I feel like you needed that. I needed kind it. Of, like stressed about like things piling on yes that's exactly it like I could do work but I need someone then to help me with my personal stuff because I have like a pile of this stuff needs to be donated this stuff needs to be sold this you know like I just needed someone to help me with my stuff so that's been fantastic so publicity team is growing on all fronts um I wanted to remind you guys that I do have a Facebook group on 
Facebook. <laughs> and um, it's everything's linked to my bio. The thing is, if you guys apply to me in the Facebook group, make sure you're answering the questions because I want to make sure you're like an actual member of the Tea Tribe community and not like a rando that just wants to get in there to like, I don't know, be bad and gossip. So make sure you're answering the questions. And then my last call to action is just remember to DM me your Ask Alyssa questions as always. And um, yeah, that's the housekeeping stuff. I do. Okay. I said last week, hold me accountable because I was going to try to put my best foot forward in February. And I know it's January 31st currently. This comes out on February 1st, but I already feel like a weight's been lifted. And I think it started with hiring that person to help me with my apartment and stuff. And then I had a therapy session that day and I just felt like I turned a leaf, kind of. Like I turned a new corner. That's good. Oh, I'm so much happier. Because I think I was just feeling really overwhelmed. We talked about this, how the expectations of January could be so heavy and so much. And in February, I really want to start implementing things. And my word of the year is balance. Oh, I like that. So I made my word of the year action. And my therapist goes, no, it's balance. Right. She's like, chill. Because action is like... That, I feel like that puts more pressure on Yeah, someone. exactly. She's like, no, it's balance yeah. in every aspect of your life. Like, you need to have balance in, like, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your friends, your work. And it's not just about, like, balancing um, two things at once. It's also about, for me, balancing cooking versus ordering in or working out versus not working out at all. It's like I'm kind of sometimes super black and white. Mm. So by trying to kind of balance out everything in my life – um, that will be a good thing. One other thing that my therapist said that I thought was really interesting and telling and revealing, and it made me a little, you know, when you notice something about yourself that you don't love? Yes. She was <laughs> like, you're addicted to, like, there's, you have a hormone, cortisol, and it's like, it goes up and down with, like, trauma responses or um, heightened responses and basically I make these lists of things I need to do and then I purposely won't get to some of them like kind of knowing I'm not going to get to some of them and it's like self-sabotage a little bit right. and she was like that's an addiction like it's a response like your body is used to the spike in your hormones that you kind of keep doing that as like self-sabotage because you're addicted to the come down like the feeling of feeling oh I failed and then you could beat yourself up and be like right. oh I didn't okay, do it okay that makes sense yeah. It's messed up. So that is messed up. She was telling me, and I was like, I don't like this at yeah. all. <laughs> like, stop calling me out, please. I was like, ew, I don't want to be that way. Yeah. But I do tend to do that. Like, sometimes I'll make a to-do list, and then I'll notice something isn't timely on it. So I'll be like, okay, I can get to that this week or this month. Like, it's really not timely. Yeah. But then for a month, it will be weighing on me that I'm not getting to this thing. Whereas if you just do the thing... <laughs> you feel so much better. Yeah. So it's something I'm working on with trying to actually not put things off because I'm putting off things that I said they're not timely, but then they're still weighing on my subconscious. So that's something I'm going to start working on more this this month. Um, and yeah, again, balance. Back yeah. to balance. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention, which I have been keeping a secret for a few months, is that I'm going to be an aunt. Oh, my God. I know. I'm so excited. Um, so my sister finally told the world that she's pregnant. And it's, it's That's felt so exciting. weird. I know. Because, like, I can't talk about it. Yes. And, like, it almost doesn't feel like 
it's happening. My sister and I keep both saying we know her life is about to change, but we don't know what that looks like. Oh, my God. So How far along is she? She's like, I don't know, more than halfway. I'm so bad with the weeks. 25 right. something. Something along there. I don't know. She's pretty far along. Um, the baby's due in May. And that is so exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really pumped. My goal in life is to be the cool aunt. Oh, I'm 100. Well, think about how much pressure this is. Okay. Yeah, so now you have the pressure to be the cool aunt. I know I'll be the cool aunt because, like, <laughs> I'm that girl that's going to buy the kid thong. Well, yeah. it's a boy, but still, <laughs> um, I'll buy him condoms. Like, no, I'm, like she'll be, feel safe around you to, like, go to you for things. Always. Yeah. And. The thing is, though, my sister said to me, and I didn't even realize this, she's like, you're the only aunt. We're, right. Because her husband doesn't have siblings. Oh. I'm the only aunt. That's that is good, though. wild. That's yeah. wild. Like, yeah. to be the, I have just never, I have so many aunts and uncles on both sides that I've never had to think about just having one. Yeah, that is so true. So I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to be really fucking cool. <laughs> You will be for sure. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, so onward and upward. I'm having good energy today. I'm feeling much better. I put little clips in my hair. <laughs> Not that that does much. No, it's but, all about like doing the little things for yourself to make yourself feel better. I was like, you know what? Like clips make me feel a little bit more alive. Uh, I actually wore a cute outfit, but now I'm wearing this like track suit because I just took part in these like um olympics so i don't i won't say how i did because <laughs> i just took part in the olympics <laughs> yeah. we did this like olympics at the office and i am somehow in my uniform still but we will get into today's episode with taylor um she is just like incredible to talk to because she does radio and podcasting for a living so talking to someone like her I didn't even need to, we didn't even skip a beat. Like the conversation just flowed. She's so freaking interesting from working at Sirius XM to getting fired, to having her own podcast, to going on tour with Stassi Schroeder, to becoming a late in life lesbian, realizing that she never liked men or Dick for that matter. Um, it's just a lot. There's a lot to unpack. She's extremely interesting. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy our conversation. And then let's circle back after for the Ask Alyssa segment. All right, guys, we are here with Taylor Schrecker. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, my first question for you, you're going to laugh. <laughs> Do you hate me? Do I? <laughs> I knew she was going to ask this. I know. You knew it was coming. No, I don't hate you. I think you're actually lovely. I am a... <laughs> complete and total spaz. I knew that. I and knew you didn't answer texts. There are so many people that I am friends with that they will say the first time we interacted or like thereafter, I literally ghosted them. I am like queen ghoster of friendships, okay? <laughs> I'm like the fuck boy of friends. I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay, no, so people, I knew that about you because you even said like, I think I'm I so ran bad. into you once and you're like, I don't answer my texts, just harass me. Harass me. And then I was with Andrea Lopez, who yes! you like are like have on your show a lot. I love Andrea. She's, yeah, she's a Friday co-host on my radio show. And she's like an angel. Oh, beyond. Nicest human being in the biz. And Legit. I, I go to her, how do I get Taylor on my podcast? Because like she won't answer me. And she was like, no, like she'll come on. Yeah. So then she mentioned it to you and she's like, she doesn't hate you. She just doesn't answer her phone. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, I mean receipts. Hold on. Where's my phone? I'm going to show you how many unanswered text messages I have. Are you ready? Oh my God. This needs to be a New Year's resolution. Girl, I have so many resolutions. Are you kidding me? Hold on. <laughs> You're like, I can't add this to my list. Guess how many I have right now. 
457. 1112. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not, not proud of this. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> I'm a business owner. I should not do this, but this is, I mean, alas, this is my vice. Okay, so like I don't feel so bad. I'm happy to uh, alleviate you of that. I honestly knew that was the truth, but I had to bust your balls a little. No, please. I know I'm so used to it. Like, <laughs> um, not skinny, but not fat. Do you know Amanda? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like same thing. Like yeah. we met at a Bravo Con thing in Majigger. It wasn't Bravo Con. It was like Bravoholics. Yeah. And we exchanged information, and she was DMing me, and I never replied for like a year. <laughs> And then I was like, I reached out to her to have her on the podcast and I was like, this is so embarrassing because this mm. is like, it's like now I want something from you, but like, sorry, I haven't answered you and for 10 it's years. Like, it's like, I am the worst. It's so embarrassing. I did the same thing to Andrea Lopez. <laughs> Met her in person at one of my live shows for my podcast. And um, she was DMing me for like a year, gave up. And then she was on Betches, like, especially during the pandemic when yeah. like TikTok was blowing up and social media was like, like you see only people. Outlet. Yeah. I was like, I am literally a monster. I'm, I can't believe I even have friends. And also, I'm a really good social climber. So you think I would be better at this, but it's, I mean, I'm sorry. Well, Welcome to the club. You always circle back. Always. So, always. It's okay. I want to hear personal. But I'm one of those people where I think people hate me. Um, same. So I'm like, oh my God, like she hates me. Like, what, oh what did I do? God. No, but I, there's like about like five people in the industry who I'm like they just hate me because they don't answer me but like they probably just don't even know I exist they probably don't <laughs> I mean they know you exist but they probably don't even know that you're like trying to reach out and in my head I'm like internalizing it like shit gets so lost in DMs too it it's does. unbelievable so I mean yeah, well because now so I'm that asshole like leaving people on red because I have so many DMs and it's like hard it is hard and I know people are like you don't appreciate your fans and it's like no I do it's just like yeah. if y'all saw and I mean humble brag but if you yeah. saw how many DMs I get like I I lose track of everything. It's a full-time job. Fully. To answer DMs. It's a fully, whole thing. Fully. It's also, impossible. Like, my wrists were hurting this week from holding my phone I know, so like much. This motion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, okay, Taylor, if for my followers that don't know you, yes. there's, like, so much to dig into with your life. So, first of all, if you guys can't tell because it's pretty obvious she does radio she hosts a podcast you have like the voice for it thank you I think you're just like a raw talent thank you that's kind of how I got my start was actually mm-hmm. at a bar and they were looking for a host of at the time Cosmo Radio on Sirius XM Radio and I got discovered at like legit a bar so you just have it I think it's my voice I think it's that raspy like I have like party girl PGV like um Lindsay Lohan vibes so but it's also you could talk about like a wall and it would be interesting. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I just think people have it or they don't. Like some people are like, how do I host a podcast? I'm like, do you have something to say? Yeah, I know. And you have to have strong opinions, but like also no backing towards them. So like mm. I am the most malleable person in the world. Like I will come <laughs> in so hard and not know anything about what I'm saying. And then I'm like, oh, I was wrong. So I yeah. think it keeps the audience frustrated. Mm-hmm. I interested. But my mom says when I was like five, I'd be in the car seat. My mom was like, Taylor five minute talking break so I've been doing this forever yeah so you got your start at Cosmo you were at Sirius yes yes and now you do your own show yes I have a daily show that's two hours and that's on Patreon because it's a lot of work does it just logistically speaking like does it is it live so it used to be live and then the pandemic hit and then it was like we can't obviously and so we started to do it remote and the only thing I hate is that it's like we don't get call-ins anymore because, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then also it's like we're like a day behind on the news, but like it doesn't Okay, because that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. So we're like, so I record on a Monday for a Tuesday show. I record I on a Friday for a Monday, but like it's pretty timely and it went from five co-hosts, two hours live to now it's 
one co-host an hour, but two of them every single day. So it's like two hours minimum. Yeah, it's that's a, a lot. That's a big time commitment. It's a huge time commitment. And then I also have a podcast with Dear Media, who I'm obsessed with. And um, it's called Taste of Taylor. It's like literally the worst name ever. I kind of like podcast. it. Do you? Yeah. I feel like especially now, though, like as a lesbian, mm. it... It reads like Taste of Taylor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was, I originally came up with the name because it was like supposed to be before it was with Dear Media, just like a standalone podcast that like I ripped my favorite hour from the live show and mm. it was like a literal taste of the Taylor Strecker show. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So it had good like intention in the beginning, but like I, I if anyone's starting a podcast, like don't, don't do that what I did I rebranded when I came here because I was even though tea is like kind of popular now like everyone spills the tea blah 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 yeah but I'm like publicity no it's a good way to just keep it going also your name is like I don't know I just feel like like, not skinny enough that that's her brand yeah it's like like when you name your podcast a clever name that is your Instagram I'm here for it yeah because you just have to keep it going exactly like that's the brand but like I'm like if people don't know me they're like who is Taylor and what are we tasting <laughs> so you mentioned that you're a lesbian uh yes I am so you weren't always this way no, not I that was not. not that people <laughs> pick and choose but in your situation it was like a little different yeah in the sense that you like tell me if I'm wrong but from listening to interviews and stuff with you you kind of like just weren't that like sexual growing up so it's no. not that you thought you were lesbian or straight you just didn't really yeah like, think anything well this is the thing because I always say like I have I'm like I gotta stop saying this but I'm like I became a lesbian it's like that goes against everything like when I thought I was straight yes I was the first one to be like if you are gay if you are queer like you are born that way I am aware of that yeah you know that I just I don't know like maybe I'm pansexual maybe I'm bisexual like I identify as lesbian because I'm married to a woman yes but like I fell in love with the person so I guess that would make me pan but I also think you maybe were like not aware that being lesbian was an option in the, in a sense. Boom. So you weren't, it's not that you weren't born that way. It's that you were not choosing, like you were almost, you didn't even know that was an option. So you just weren't going there. That's what my therapist said. Yeah. You should be a therapist. It's uh, I'm, we can, I'm intuitive. We can blame it on the Catholic church is what we can do. Exactly. Catholic Literally. guilt. Totally. Like it was like, I can't have sex till I'm married. And even then, if you're not doing it for procreation, it's a sin. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like lesbian. That's yeah. so far. So when and when like I look back, I'm like, yeah, I really didn't like sex with guys. Like every encounter was awful. Yeah. So I and not like awful, like you know, um, traumatic, but just like I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. You were like, what's all the hype about? Like this is what people write songs about. Like my friends were like, oh, he has the most perfect look, and I was like, I like cannot relate You're to like, anything I less. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it in my vag. I hate it in my mouth. Uh-huh. I am the worst blowjob giver on the face of the planet. Because you hate penis. I hate dick. That's why. Yeah. I guess so. Okay. It's yeah. that simple. Thank you for so many years. I thought I was so. Bad. I'm like, I could have told you this a while ago. <laughs> like, when my friends would be like, I, like, love to suck dick. I was like, that is you're like, an you're absurd sick. statement. No, you're lying or you're stupid. That's, like, those are the only two yeah, options like, I had. You're just trying to be a cool girl. <laughs> yes! Completely. See, like, I knew I was into men, like, since, like, preschool. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you know, I just, like, grew up and I would, like, flirt with the boys yep. and, like, have crushes. So, like, I do think you, like, innately kind of know. Yeah. But if yeah. you're, if it's hammered into your head, yeah. men, women, anyone, just don't go there. Right. You're like, I can't even think about this. So disconnected. I mean, I lost my virginity when I was 18. 
Um, so I had sex with guys for a long time. I mean, I guess that would be what? I mean, I came out like in my early 30s. Well, wait. So the plot thickens because you married a man. Yes, I did. <laughs> so like, that's what people need to know. Yes, I did. I married a man. We were together for eight years total, dating a year and a half, engaged for a year and a half, and then married for almost five. So do you think, because I've heard you talk about this, how he was kind of like what you thought you should marry and who you thought you should date. He was good on paper guy. Yeah. Yeah. And also he was like... I felt safe with him. He wasn't uh-huh. like super pushy with the sex. And so I was like, this is, you know when I convinced myself? I was like, people who have similar sex drives should be together. So we both have mm. low sex drives. And I just think he honestly was like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. I actually, I speak very highly of my ex-husband. I was say, now he's like fucking like a rabbit. My <laughs> husband. I know, poor thing, right? But he really, I don't know. He, he just, I felt like I feel safe. Like he respects my boundaries. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, push his dick in my mouth. <laughs> We usually had sex when I was half asleep. It was ideal. Yeah. Yeah. This uh-huh. poor guy, he probably was like not like sexually fulfilled at all, but just too scared to say anything. A million percent. But so you felt like he was everything on paper. And okay, I kind of went through a weird crisis like this where I, do you have older, do you have, how, I'm the oldest. Siblings? Okay. Oldest sister's like six and a half years younger than me. And my little brother's like 10 and a half. Okay. So I'm the youngest and I have an older sister. Okay. And who's three years older than me. So what I admired her. So like Jackie dated finance guys. So I was like, I have to date of finance course. guys. Of uh, course. Jackie moved to the city. I was like, I need to move to the city. Yep. So I kind of spent like a bunch of years of my life going after kind of similarly, like what I thought yeah. I had to go after. Plus, I also was, like, super attracted to the bad boy. Probably, my mom actually is, this is so bad. She's always like, (laughs) you never dated anybody up to your standards or, like, Mm -hmm. up to her standards. Mm -hmm. And she's like, maybe it's because you were gay. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, actually, it's a good point. But, like, I don't know. That's, like, pretty shady to say to, like, all my ex-boyfriends and my ex-husbands. You weren't good enough. (laughs) You weren't good enough. That's why I picked you. Because I knew it wouldn't work out deep (laughs) down inside. But um, it's like Scott Disick going for all the young girls. Because he knows that they're not going to marry him. Yes. But is it subconscious or is it a conscious decision? I think it's kind of subconscious. Yeah. I think you're like, oh, I'm dating the wrong people because they're not going to give me what they're not end game. So I don't have to commit to that. Yeah. But then I did get married. So scratch that one. It's it's also society and pressure. Totally. uh, Okay. I also think this is an interesting topic of conversation. Like people think the person you're with at, let's say, your late 20s. Yeah. Just because you're with someone, people are like, this is who I'm marrying. It's like, just because you're with someone at, at 28 doesn't mean you should just marry them. No, it really doesn't. Like, my biggest piece of advice I would give is like, wait until your 30s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that's hard to say, especially in, I mean, I, like, I have so many listeners that are like, regionally, people get married at different it's times. Different. And we're yeah. in New York, so of course, it's like easy to say that. Mm-hmm. But I just feel, for me, I like didn't clearly not know who I was until I was in my 30s. So mm-hmm. that was mistake number one for me, getting married in my late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get divorced. Get divorced. Um, what was it like deciding... I'm going to get divorced. And how old were you when you got divorced? Okay. This is, I'm so bad at like your math. Uh Um, I know I'm bad at it too. I think, okay. I got married in 2010 and divorced, I think in 14 or 15. Okay. So you were married for kind of a bit. Yeah. Four and a half years. Oh. Um, So I guess I was getting a divorce at like 30, 
three-ish. And did that scare you? Because you didn't know when you were getting divorced that you were going to end up like marrying a woman. No. Were you scared about like biological clock back then? No, no. I don't know why I wasn't. I really should have been. No, but don't you feel like women now, they'll be like, well, I'm just going to stay with him because um, like I'm getting older. Girl, that, I also was like, I got to stay with him because I like Kiehl's products and they're expensive AF. <laughs> like I can't support myself in this city. Uh-huh. I mean, I think everybody thinks when you have a microphone in front of your face, you make billions, mm. gajillions of dollars. Not the case, at least for me, it's serious. Mm-hmm. And I could not support myself. So I was like, I remember like looking at the prenup and being like, what is like, what's my financial future going to look like? Mm. I had no savings because I was with a wealthy guy and I felt like. So you're just spending your money on bags. Yes, but also I felt like it was my job kind of to like show him I wasn't with him for money. So like I would always be like, when we were decorating our apartment, I was like, I got this, babe. Uh. Like I tried and I like. I remember my mom was like, why do you pay for your own hair and makeup and all your clothes? Like, you are in his world trying like to keep up with the Joneses. Like, 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 squirrel down away, girl. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I want him to know that, like, I'm not just here to, like, I don't know, use him as a human ATM. I respect that. So, I had no savings. So, I was like, fucked. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was looking at apartments. I remember my first year in an apartment. It was like a lot over what I could afford. But I was like, I'm in this thing in my future. I'm mm-hmm. going to live in financial district. I'm going to find another rich husband. That was the plan. I had a mm. year and a half to find a rich husband again before I ran out of money. And wow. then uh, I fall in love with the girl who's a <laughs> nanny who's younger than me. I'm like, we are so fucked. There's literally so many like ego deaths like so many things you have to swallow about like okay I got a divorce okay wait I'm with a woman wait she doesn't have a job that I think is it's not a rich men like male exactly there's so many things that you had to overcome oh my god I was just fueled on total like love and passion I mean it was the first time I ever had sex with the gender I liked like I was just I made all my decisions were made with my vagina but it's crazy because it's like that's how powerful love is. It really is scary, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. My brain was off. Logic was out the window. And I was like, we'll figure it out. And there's definitely have been times we're together now for six years. Mm-hmm. So there have been times where I'm like, you know, this is insane. I can't believe I thought we could do this. But like, you know, I mean, we're doing it. So it's like incredible. I know. But sometimes I feel like we need a rich husband. Actually, yeah, like you still need like a third. <laughs> yeah, and when there's like a bug in the house, we also need a husband. Like we are looking for a husband in a throuple, we, but we will not have sex with you, and we will not let you watch, but we will let no. you pay for everything. You need a sugar daddy. I know. Seriously, wait. Business idea, please go. You guys need like an OnlyFans where no shit. <laughs> it's no, no. It's secret. Heads aren't in it. It's just like you like like lesbian feet or something. Okay, and then you just have a sugar daddy pay pay for you. I am so jealous of <laughs> Larsa Pippen's OnlyFans. These people, they are crazy. I'm trying to get the fart in a jar girl on my podcast. Oh my god, they're making like ten thousand dollars a day. Did you hear about the girl that's selling her farts? I briefly did. Could you give me more details? <laughs> she's farting in a jar. Well, now she's been hospitalized for too much gas. Shut the fuck up. Because she was eating like beans and stuff to fart a lot. Oh my God. And she was farting in a jar and selling them. She made like $150,000 a week. What? I can fart in jars for that. <laughs> exactly. That's ins- that's wild. But like, it's what wild. kind of career longevity do you have? Well, you know? No, especially once you're hospitalized with gas. Like, Oh man, but if you're really smart and you invest wisely, that can go a long way. Yeah. Yes. A week? How long has she been doing it for? She did it for like a month. She made like a killing and now she's done. She retired. Good for her. I know, honestly. Get that coin. I am all about it. I'm like, I used to be so prude, like Mm -hmm. probably projecting of, you know, Mm -hmm. 
my stifled sexuality, but like so prude. And I was like so anti-stripper and I guess, what do we call Sex worker is now mm. the proper term. But I am so over that. Like get it, girl. I think also just like living in New York and meeting people from so many different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Like you have no choice but just be like, oh yeah, that's cool, whatever. Totally. Like, yeah. You, it doesn't, nothing phases me. I mean. At all. I Literally same. <laughs> Especially working here. It's like. Nuts. Uh, can imagine. <laughs> okay, so you're married to Taylor now. Yes, yes. And what is it, like, is being with a woman what you thought, like, your stereotype of, like, lesbians before being with a woman? Yeah. And what it is actually like? Is it different? I don't know that I thought about lesbians mm-hmm. that much. Fair. Um, but I guess stereotypically, it's like, we don't chop wood every day. We sometimes wear flannel <laughs> and we don't have a Subaru. So like, okay. I just, I mean, when I was on tour with Stassi, I would open for her. So I would do mm-hmm. kind of a comedy set. I would never, ever disrespect comedy by saying I'm a comedian because mm-hmm. I am not. I got that. Um, but my whole shtick was like, I'm a lesbian. I'm a late length lesbian. We need better PR and we need it now. Like, gay men have the best stare. Well, not all of them, but a lot of good stereotypes. It's like, I'm bringing my best gay friend. It's like, oh my God, he'll be fabulous and fun. He can dance, he can sing. What a good time. It'll be a great dinner. Yeah, I'm like, bringing, oh my God, we'll shop together. I'm bringing my lesbian friend. It's like, and like, it's so unfair. I'm fucking awesome. So I feel like we as lesbians, we need a better PR team. You're absolutely right. I know. And I also feel like gay, yes, like, Gay men are almost like um, glorified. Totally. Even in movies. Totally. It's like my gay bestie. Yeah. And then it's like Debbie Downer lesbian friend coming. <laughs> yeah. Ruining like, all fashion sense. Right? Yeah. Like she's like moody. Yes. She's like <laughs> cock blocking. Yeah. I mean, I do do that. But like, you know, some stereotypes are true. Oh my God, that's so true. So you you mentioned you went on store on on store on tour with yes. Stassi. Yes. What was life like on the road? Did you love it? So I adored being with Stassi. Mm-hmm. I also adored being with Bo. Like, I, if I had to be on the road with anybody, those are my people. Yeah. I missed my Taylor so much. So oh, she wasn't me, with you. She wasn't. So for me, that part was hard. And like, there are a couple, so they were together. You know. So mm-hmm. I was like. Uh, I mean, and they're, I'm like their child when I'm with them. Yeah, like when you're with a couple that you get along with yes. so well, you don't feel like no. a third wheel. No, but like, you know, I like go to my hotel room and mm-hmm. I was like missing my girl, so whatever. But I loved being on tour, but the nerves, we kind of got used to it, but the nerves before a show are so out of control. Like our first leg of the first tour, mm. I mean, we were so nervous. We couldn't even like function, so we just got wasted. It's so weird you say that because I just had my first live show. And? I could care less. That is insane to me. Zero. Ner- I was I'm not jealous. sweating. I was not nervous. I. Do you take beta blockers? I'm just, I like performing. I mean, so do I. I know, but like, I wa- I'm not scared to is my point. I don't know. I mean, I grew up performing my whole life. I don't know what it is, but I would, but we like kind of got used to it. Yeah. So, but that's hard for me when I it comes to think live. If you're with someone else though, and they're making you like, you guys were feeding off each other's energy. Yes. Like if I was with you before we went out and you were like, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. I'd be totally. like, oh, should I be? You know, I think sometimes. Yeah. I think that, that, that it plays in for yeah. sure. Um, and then I just, I, I loved being on tour, but the second we got to the tour bus, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Tour buses are my literal nightmare. No. They were in the back room, so they had like an actual room, kind of. You were like in the bunk. I was like in a coffin. <gasps> and I was like, I, 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 I'm like, I don't do well with motion sickness. Wait, I was going to say, do you get car sick? Totally. Okay, because I'm the most car sick person in the world. Same. Is it different on a bus? Worse. <gasps> Worse. It's like being in a car boat. It's I'd, terrible. It's I'd like being on a sailboat. Up. 
I thought I was. I had to like wear the bands and take the things. I know. And then there's one bathroom. And so it's like me, Stassi Bo, and then like a, a lot of crew. And so the rule is you can't poop yeah. on the tour bus. So like all I could think about was pooping, even though I don't really poop that often. And then you'd be so backed up because you're like not pooping. It was just, I mean, and like the idea was, the name, the name of the game, like first like of the tour we were flying. So it's like, we do a show, we hang out, we go back to the hotel room, we still hang out, we go to sleep, we get like four hours of sleep, wake up, go to the airport, fly, repeat, and rinse, whatever. Mm-hmm. But on the tour bus, it's like you're done with the show, but you have to wait for crew to break it down. So we're like at the venue forever. And then it's like one or two in the morning. It's like, you got to sleep on the bus because we're going to check into the hotel like 10 in the morning and I couldn't sleep on the bus. So oh god, I was delirious. But then the pandemic happened and so shut down. So yeah, but I mean, we always talk about like someday we'll get back on the road. But I'm like, but maybe not a tour bus. But maybe we get a private jet instead. (laughs) Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but I said after my live show, and I'm curious if you feel this way. (laughs) I did the live show and then I had an after party. So all my followers were in one place, which is like kind of wild. Yes. Because when you're on stage, you just see them and then you leave. But when you're at an after party and they're all there, you're talking... First of all, I thought it felt like it was my wedding. Yep. I'm getting pulled in one direction, pulled in another. And then when I went home that night, I couldn't sleep for two days. Nope. And I go... The adrenaline. I go, I get why like Justin Bieber and all these celebrities have like drug problems. Totally. You're on such a high and then you want to keep that high going. It's really And you want to talk about it and you... It's so intense. It is so... I didn't sleep like two days leading up to the show. So I guess I was nervous in that regard. Yes. Like subconsciously. And then the night of the show and the night after, I did not sleep for four nights. And I was like, I am a... A full blown like yeah. adrenaline junkie. Yeah. And I like I wanna do it again. <laughs> like this is crazy. I know. It's a lot. And especially when you're like with in a room with like all your people. It's the best thing in the world. But also I'm like really an empath. So mm-hmm. like if I see somebody who like feels like they didn't get enough time with me, like I like can't let it go and I'll like give them forever. But then it's like there's people who like aren't pushy, but it's like they don't get the time. It's just it makes me feel so anxious. I internalize people's stuff too. Like I'm so deeply. Today I did it. One of it my hurts. coworkers was upset about something that has nothing to do with me. And all day in my head, I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you feeling okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. I yeah. let that go an hour ago. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'll never, ever let go of everyone else's feelings. <laughs> so, okay. My other question for you that I'm really curious about. You guys live in New Jersey now. Ugh, yes. <laughs> Look, I grew up in New Jersey, so. Girl, I still say ugh. Wait. <laughs> I can't. I, like, I cannot fucking believe I live in New Jersey. No, New Jersey rocks if you're in the right parts. So we're in Jersey City, which is yeah. very close to the city. It's one, very. one, st- honestly, secret, it's closer than fucking Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And if Brooklyn considers itself New York City, Jersey City should be counted. I was actually too. thinking about this last night. Yeah, right? This girl did a TikTok about how she lives in Hoboken and it's like one stop away. Yeah. What? And I was like, you know what? That is closer than Brooklyn. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because I live downtown, yeah. so it's easy to get, you know, to and oh, from. Where you live is the easiest. It's the best. I, I, I lived where you lived. So what I want... For you, yes. which you've talked about on your show, is to go on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Girl, I am trying so hard; it's embarrassing for my soul. I need. Well, okay. So, fun fact: I am from Montville, New Jersey. Okay, home of Teresa, Melissa. Shut the fuck. So up. I'm from their town. Oh my god, that's like you know the houses. Like yep. that is where I grew up, and I know Marge. You know Marge. Yeah, I think you would be. A fantastic addition. So Marge and Joe are pulling for me. Yeah. Um. So is Dolores. But you know. <gasps> love Dolores. I know. Love Dolores. But like I. So Marge had a pride party. 
Mm. this past summer and she was like girl you have to come get your hair and makeup did like look the part Mm -hmm. we're gonna get you to meet the producers we're gonna make this happen smart cut to it was like so shameless like it was like so embarrassing (laughs) wanted nothing to do with me I'm like I am a lesbian though don't you need this (laughs) diversity (laughs) I mean could not have given two shits about me so but I'll let them come to me I'm available but I'm not gonna like beg okay but that's what happens like like Dolores was on their radar for multiple seasons. Like really? Yes. Like certain people they'll just keep in mind and like it might not be next season. It might not be the one after that. Two years you might be getting a call. You know what? What what will happen is they'll ask my wife to be on it and I will murder her in her sleep. <laughs> You'll be like the second thought. <laughs> I'm like hanging out with the husband. Honestly they need a lesbian couple. I know. Well they have one on Miami now. Oh, okay. I haven't watched Miami. Um, and she's crazy. Her name's Julia or mm. Jules. I can't remember. She's not important enough that I remember her name. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. She's actually beautiful. And she's married to this incredible tennis pro, Martina Nanatalova. I don't know how to say her last name. Don't ask me. And no, it's I'm thrilled they have a lesbian couple on. But like, of course, they live on a farm. Oh, it's your stereotype. Right? Like, yeah. I'm like, here we go again. But no, but like the girl who's In on Miami? the show. I know. I mean, they also have like a house on Star Island, but like okay. they never shoot there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, but she's spectacularly gorgeous. But I just, I feel like they need young millennial lesbians. 100%. Who who said it to me? I think it was Marge. She looked at me and she's like, you got to get on the housewives. And I go, Marge, I'm single. I live alone. Like I would be an awful housewife. I don't know. I feel like they're shaking it up down now though, right? Um, it's it's kind of sad though because- I've unfortunately hit the age where now I technically could be. I just turned 31. Girl, I'm technically getting to an age where I might not, I might be aging out. No, but you know how they start, like, if you think about, um, like, like all the new people, they're like 33. I'm like, oh my God, I am, Yeah, I could be on the freaking Housewives. And I'm like so single and it's, it's kind of sad, <laughs> but. I would do it in a heartbeat. If anybody is listening, yes, I accept the job. I would love to I see I don't know that. if I'd be good on a reality TV show. Anytime I, think- I was around, no. Anytime I was around the Vanderpump ca- uh, cameras, I freeze up, which is insane because I talk for a living. 15 years I've been in this industry. It's, I, I, I get the same thing. It's because I don't know you're, what it is. like, I think you're like me, like we get self-conscious. Totally. And like the idea of people being able to look at me from, from every angle. angle. <laughs> like Summer House, no thank you, never want to go. I'm on, okay, so I was in the, at a party in Summer House and uh, all of a sudden people the drama started so the cameras like swarmed to where I was yep. and to this day I'll get messages being like are you on um, like season two episode four I'm like mm. but yep. like I was thinner back then so like I look good girls same what Tay and I were on <laughs> season two or three of Summer House and we were fighting with a guy about being lesbians actually say it perfect there's like a really quick <laughs> snippet if you blink you'll miss it but Taylor, my Taylor was talking and I was standing there like so insecure because I could see the cameras were on me. Oh God, I don't know. I'm, I might not be cut out for it. I think it's like a mindset that you have to get into if you knew they were there to film you versus you're just a bystander in the background. That could be it too because I never want to look thirsty and I also know my place. You know, like yes. I I, I mean, I've been like the number one on my shows for years, like my podcast, my mm-hmm. radio shows, but like I can very easily slide into a number two or three position. So like when I'm on set for Vanderpump Rules, I am not a castmate. I'm going to like what, start a fight with Jax? Well, because you get how it works enough to be like, they're not here for me. No, and if so- I 
get on camera, like, will it get me a spot? No. no. I'll be that crazy girl trying to get attention mm-hmm. on one episode. So, I, no, yeah. I think that's just being self-aware and understanding the industry because I feel the exact same way. Whenever yeah. I'm around and something's filming, I'm dodging the cameras. Me too. Because I'm like, they're not here for me. Right. Me too. I'm Blair Witch Project. Like, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. All right. We have the same thought process with that. I really think it's just being in the know. I think if they came to you and they were like at your house and it's different because you're like they are here for me and now it's my time to like be on it's my time to shine (laughs) yeah I need to feel special if I'm gonna like bring it on camera oh my god okay so like let's say you this is like I've always wondered this I'm happy to actually ask this let's say you were like okay we're gonna start filming you're casted in three months what would you do in those three months? Get liposuction. Like, I would number do one. everything. Number one. Like, do all of the plastic <laughs> surgery things. But um, do you think that would be enough time to do it? I would make it fucking work. I would make anything work. Like, oh, my I, God. Yeah, I would have to do something like that because I just, like, there. it's not enough time to, uh-huh. like, actually lose it Well, normally. Dolores gets, like, BBLs in between seasons. No, she's, like, trying to get me to go. Wait, she's get, like, like, you got to go to my doctor for my a My vagina lift. redone with her. I would in a heartbeat. That's the only makeover that would like make me worthy of being a housewife. I, I also like. trust Dolores's recommendations. Oh, me too. But then, uh, then there's like Heather Gay on Salt Lake City, and she's not your typical size zero. But mm. I think she is fucking gorgeous and fabulous. And so then I'm like, well, maybe we need to see more women who have curves on the Real we Housewives. Do. You know, and uh, th- I think the one thing about Bravo that's so interesting and just like television in general is that like people go on shows like The Bachelor and Bravo and they come out and they think they're full, sp- specifically Bravo. Yeah. They come out thinking they're full-blown celebrities. Like they have glam yeah. and this and that. Yeah. You watch like a show like MTV, Snooki and Jay, while they're still out here living like they used to. Oh, yeah. Like they're so much more humble in a way. It's true, actually. I I, I don't think know. about it. It's weird. I honestly I bet it's the audience. I bet it's the pressure from the audience. I feel like an MTV audience is like younger, they don't really care. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the Bravo audience, and I mean I'm a part of it. I'm not like saying y'all the yeah. problem, not me. I am too. Same. But we just like I mean, we love to tear women down. It's I'm sorry, it's like a staple, a foundation. Of Housewives franchise. Yeah, like even if you're not publicly doing it, you're still sitting at home with your friends being like, oh, did you see her face? Did you see this? Did you see that? Totally. It's so messed up. It's really fucked up. Uh, sometimes I try to catch myself, like it, I'll think a mean thought in my head yeah. and then I'll be like, what's wrong with you? Like I'll yeah. literally check myself and be like, that's me. Well, you know what it is? It's internalized speech that you give to yourself, right? So mm-hmm. I hate myself. I'm Taylor Shocker and I hate myself. <laughs> and it's like anything a troll could say to me is like never nearly as mean as what I could say. It mm. still hurts my feelings because I hate myself. But you know, I'm like so vicious. But I feel like when you start to talk to yourself like that, then it's so easy to like turn it outward. Mm. And so I find with people who like talk the most shit. I agree. They're like the miserable. most miserable. Exactly. And I'm, uh, again, I have been proudly in that camp no it's true because I noticed times in my life where I was most miserable with myself I was probably the least fun to be around during those times and the most judgmental because it's like other people's happiness is it pisses you off right so you just want to tear them down it's like sad but it's so true it's like what they say when you're a kid and they're like bullies are like just hate themselves yeah people and it's it's like it's it's really true it really is true so where are you with like your like you are saying you hate yourself but I feel like you've made strides I think if I can say I hate myself I probably don't really hate myself right um and I think I've definitely done things in my life that were like acts of self-love I was just on a podcast talking about this like today Mm. um somebody said to me what was your first act of self-love and I was like oh god 
and I was like, I guess getting a divorce because mm-hmm. that's something you do for yourself and it's not a popular opinion and nobody's gonna be like, yay, good for you, you got a divorce. It's kind of like, it's not as taboo as it used to be, but it's still kind of like a failure. So yeah. for me to be like, I love myself enough to like not stay in this situation that's not gonna make, and it wasn't miserable. I think I was... I was operating at like 50%. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get along with his sisters. And everybody was like living on top of each other. So I was like, that's going to be a dynamic that's like not going to serve me well long term. Yeah. But like in our relationship, he was like, we were fine. Not great, but Mm -hmm. we were fine, you know. so Coexisting. (laughs) Yeah, so like, like, I feel like sometimes when you get a divorce, it's like for major reasons. Yeah. And this was like, I was, I just realized I'm not happy. Yeah, like infidelity or this or that. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, I'm just not happy. And so the fact that I was like, you deserve happiness, that's Mm. self-love, right? That is. And I believed in myself enough to be like, you can find another rich husband. It's going to be okay. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile. (laughs) And then letting myself become a lesbian Uh or be what I've always been or whatever, or fall in love with the person that I wanted to be with even though it wasn't necessarily super supported by my friends and family at the time and I don't want to say that like they're awful I think that they were just in complete shock and I well, think you were married to a man and they yeah. were like wait you're you're this is like post-divorce cray craze you know oh Which, th- it's a phase you're just going through it <laughs> yes she's not well yeah <laughs> um but the fact that I was like actually I trust myself I don't need you friend or you parent mm. or anybody to tell me what makes me happy I know what makes me happy and I'm gonna do it and if you want to be a part of my life get on board and if you don't that's cool and it was never I was never like threatening like you know it was just like I'm over here living my life and when you're ready and comfortable and it like makes sense to you, mm. like we're here waiting just living our life. You have to give yourself more credit for like how brave that is. I know. I guess, I don't know. I mean. And you did it publicly. And I did it publicly, yeah. And then I got fired a year later. So that was really scary because in my mind, <clears throat> I, f- I was brought up really traditionally. So it's like the husband is the breadwinner. The mm. mother stays at home. And even though I was a career woman, I still like was like, oh, someday this radio thing will stop and I'll just like be a stay-at-home mom. Not that I'm saying being a stay-at-home mom is not hard. I'm just saying I was brought up that women need men to survive financially. And you thought the roles would be different. Right. And so this idea of being with a woman, it's like, oh, wow, I guess you really believe in yourself that you can like be financially successful. And that was the hardest thing for me, for sure. So when I got fired, I was like, oh my God, what everybody said was going to happen, happens. Well, it's also, talk about like, a talk about, something like stabbing your ego because you're like wait I'm good at my job this is the one thing I'm comfortable with fired like downsizing is one thing fired like are you kidding me I'm a rule follower do we know why you got fired I swear to you to this day I really don't quite know I have some conspiracy theories even everybody all my like colleagues at Sirius were like this makes no like they were confused sense I so I I I know what they said I got fired yeah they said that I was in breach of contract we're talking like the fine 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 Mm, print and like like they just found one little thing 375 what I, what my opinion is is like they were looking for my head must have been the chopping block for whatever mm-hmm. reason and they were looking for a reason to get me out and they found and, and I stepped into it by mistake and then they were like like even my publicist at the time was like I'm so surprised because like other people at the company were doing basically it was like um I got accused of like <sighs> It's called payola plugola, which is like an old what? radio term. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. It's basically like oh, 
like pay for play kind of sort of that in like latin but like i was accused of like getting like a kickback from a company i was working with to like promote them on the air and i and i was i wasn't there was like no investigation i was like i didn't do that there's no investigation i get that like when i used to go on the today show and host like fashion segments i had to sign a contract saying that i wasn't getting kickback from the products that i was promoting precisely and i and i was i i truly hand to god was not huh but um they just like didn't even give me an opportunity to like explain myself and so they were just looking for something yeah they were obviously because they didn't even want to hear it and like everybody everyone was like you maybe maybe a suspension but like yeah or like a slap on the wrist like hey first warning there was a high profile person there who I overlapped with and they I still have the audio I may use it someday Mm -hmm. um but they made fun of my coming out story and so Mm -hmm. I went I so I was gonna go to press with it and Mm -hmm. fucking run it and fucking drag the person Mm -hmm. and I was asked not to so I didn't but then the person that I was going to, so I was like, fine, like you want to keep the peace? I won't. Mm-hmm. But then they still told that person. So, and this person had influence there. Mm. So I could see this person not liking that and not being really used to having somebody stand up to them. It is like, ew, number one. Number two, when you, like, this is how I feel dating and in life. If you don't want me, I don't want you. Yeah. Like the second they turn their back on it's you, true. it's like, I don't want to work with you anymore because you stopped believing in me. You deserve to be celebrated, not tolerated. Yes. And I was being tolerated. And honestly, even before that, I always kind of felt like I was just being as talent to- tolerated It's serious. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it was so horrifying. And I called my parents. I'm like on the side of the road. I was like going to get an advertiser for the show. And I'm on the side of the road, like losing my mind. And um, I called my parents and it was like the scariest call ever. Cause I was like, they're going to be so like worried about me. Mm. And I hate when my parents are worried about me. And my mom and dad were like so epically good in this moment. And they were like, oh my God, it's about time. Move on. And mm. I was like, really? And they're like, oh my God, you're such a survivor. You're going to be fine. And that was the nicest thing my parents yeah. have ever said to me. And so, they you believe know, even you. Yeah, and so that's when I decided to like go out and do it independently, which at the time was like, I'm a loser. But now that's like what that's the name of the game. So that's my question for you. Like, where do you see your career? Like, what's your dream role? You know, it's so interesting because like I I think in my mind, I'm like, I want to be on TV. I want to be like Oprah. But like, I don't really like being on camera. Mm. I will be on camera, but like I much prefer to do audio. And listen, the industry's changing. Mm-hmm. There's cameras right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm going to have to like, everybody has parts of their job they don't like. So maybe I have to like get used to that part of my job. Also, it's really mental because when I first started, I hated the way I looked on camera and yep. I would sit here very stiff and scared yep. to move. Now I just, a flip went off in my head where I was like, whatever, fuck it. This is what I look like. Yeah. And now I'm just way more comfortable. Yeah. Like so you just have to. You just get used to yeah. it. But um, I, I feel like. <sighs> Actually, well, I don't know if I should say this at Barstool. <laughs> what you say it? <laughs> I would like to have Alex Cooper's oh, career. Of course. Well, so would I. Right? Um, I I feel <laughs> like we all. She's the Howard Stern of our generation. She and I always said I wanted to be Howard. Right? People say to me because I work here, they'll be like, "You're next," and I go, "No, no. not to say I'm not. None next. of us are next." I go, "That is." One in a million. That's the lottery. Not that she didn't deserve it, but that is the lottery. Yes. yes. Like, and not to, yeah, I agree, not to speak badly about her. I'm like, that doesn't happen. No, it's like, like Howard Stern. It's like, I want to be the next Howard Stern. Well, Howard Stern gets to kind there's of There's one. Be. Yeah. And I really think that she is, and she's a great interviewer. I just listened to her, Jamie yeah, and Spears. Yeah, same. Fantastic. But like, I feel like, 
podcasting, doing radio, whatever you want to call what I do in my daily show. Like, I just want to do what I'm doing forever. On a bigger scale. On a bigger scale, yes. I just mm. want it to be, I want to be more richer and more famous, sir. Of course. But do exactly what I do. You need to get on social media more. I know you hear this all the time. Wait, but I've been getting so much better in 2022. But you know what you need to do? Put, hire an, an, an intern. I know. Put audio with your... Thing and start clipping it on TikTok and putting it out there. I know, and just blasting it out. You're a thousand percent right. TikTok is because the you're next not going to keep growing because like you have your audience. I know. It's where's your next audience? I know. Sorry to scare you, but it's the truth. <laughs> Social yeah. media is such the bane of my existence. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like you said with the cameras, right? It's something mm-hmm. you just have to it has to click. It kind of clicked after the Christmas break for me. Oh, good. And I've been doing a lot more story on my social, and t- I mean in feed posts. I've got this thing where I like the way it. looks. Looks. I need to really I get used over to, that. And I just went rogue. And it's better, right? I was, I was the, my job was to be curated. Right. Now, I just, one day, I was like, I'm going rogue and I love it. I know. I'm out of control. I'm like halfway there. But you just have to rip the band-aid off. And then once it's wild, right. you can care less. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it. No, that that is a very valuable piece of advice. Well, because I asked, like, um, actually some of my TikTok friends, because I was in the era of Instagram influencers. Yes. And I, they all still do the curated thing. Yes. And now when I look at it, I'm like, this is lame as hell. Like, these girls are so outdated is how Damn. I look at them. Damn, chuggy. Chuggy. Fuck. I look at them and I'm like, this is embarrassing, which is so not wrong because I was that person a year ago right okay okay and then I so I asked my TikTok friends who were younger yes. they're Gen Z and I said to them I go may I ask you guys a question we're in a group chat I said do you care what your feed looks like because I'm still hung up on it and right. they all wrote back I don't give a shit like yeah I like a vibe but like who cares be yourself and I was like they're onto something because they're growing rapidly well, it's, and it's also authenticity that's yes. what you know that's what I did when I was first time my show was like I was so damn authentic and I still yep. am when I talk but there's something about when I'm like taking a picture or posting a video mm-hmm. that like it it starts to become less authentic or I'm starting mm-hmm. to question everything speaking I just like bleh and it's just like I just say it and then I'm just you need moving. to just hop on and give like an opinion like you're watching Sex and the City pull up your phone and be like what the hell just ha-? like just be yourself I know on camera I know I know I really do I mean maybe I need like a therapist I need you. I need like a, an assistant. Say, I'll help publicity. Please. But I, no, I, touche. It's, it's totally my Achilles heel and I'm trying to get better. It was it. mine too. And like I started doing this thing called Sunday Scandies, which is so, so it's every Sunday I have people submit scandalous stories. I love that. And it's been absurd. Like from people saying like I eat shrimp, I eat the tail on my shrimp to like I hooked up with my best friend's dad. Like wild stuff oh my god and I'm consistently doing it every single Sunday also and it's key. my thing yep so you just need to find your thing because it brings me so much joy I heard lesbians on TikTok get a lot of play oh my god lesbians on TikTok like I've got to lean commenting. in I've got to lean in yeah everyone's like I'm not straight anymore I'm questioning my sexuality okay <laughs> I gotta figure this shit out yeah I don't know how to make a TikTok I you, have one that I was forced to put up and I, I like don't know how no to you do need it. to do like Here's my story of how I met my wife. And then people, you, uh, one minute, and then everyone's going to comment, we need part two, we need part two. Part two. Then you just keep adding. Oh my God, am I going to be a social media maven? (laughs) I'm telling you, it is your way to grow. Sensei, teach me your ways. (laughs) For real. I'm like, I'm like, here, you guys, everyone comes here for a little bit of tea and a little bit of like, you know, PR. So (laughs) 
<laughs> just a little. I'm here for it. I'm here. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Girl, thank you for having me. It's an honor. And this is my first time at Barstool, so I am like so happy to be in studio. Are you, you sure it's an honor or did I have to? Fact, <laughs> no. you hating me. I hate you now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I honestly love you. And I feel like we have like a lot of similarities. So. Totally, girl. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Thanks. everyone follow you? Listen to the pod. Follow me at Taylor Strecker on Instagram. Uh, I guess you can follow me on TikTok too, but there is one video. I will get better. Um, also, uh, the Taylor Strecker Show. It's daily, two hours. It's on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Taylor Strecker Show. It's all in my social. And then, um, yeah, Taste of Taylor. Thursdays, it's free with Dear Media, and uh, you can find that on, um, yeah, on my, Insta- on my Instagram Apple, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everywhere podcasts play. Yeah. yeah. Taste of Taylor. <laughs> Easy peasy. Amazing. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, girl. <laughs> okay, guys. Let's do the Ask Alyssa segment. So we have an array of topics today. As I said, they're all kind of different. I handpicked them. Um, reminders to submit yours. Um, here's the first one. Hey, girl, your podcast has quickly turned into one of my favorites, and I knew I needed to come to you with this for Ask Alyssa. I recently started hooking up with this guy, and it is very clearly just a hookup, nothing more, which is great. We were hooking up, and he asked if I was on birth control, and I told him I was not. I stopped birth control after its negative effects on my mental health. He proceeded to tell me he did not want to have sex if I was not on birth control, even with a condom. At first, I thought, okay, that's fine, but quickly started thinking more into it. It kind of makes me mad, and I'm curious what other people think. I think it's my body, and if I were to get pregnant, that's my problem. I don't think a man I'm casually hooking up with should have a say in whether or not I'm on birth control. There's also only so much we could do without sex, so I'm not sure why he keeps wanting to hook up. I'm getting bored. Am I wrong for being annoyed? (laughs) I know. Is that common thing for guys to turn down sex because the girl isn't on birth control? I've never experienced it before. I've never experienced that either because I'm used to guys being like, oh, condom? Um, sure. Yeah. Like, that, they all try to. He So he still doesn't want to have sex with the condom if she's on a birth control? What if you condom and pull out? Like, it sounds like he just doesn't want to. Yeah. I think he's being overly cautious um I respect him wanting to use like contraception I think that that's like really responsible but I agree if he's just someone you're hooking up with he has no right to tell you whether or not you should be on birth control especially someone like me like I've been on birth control I'm currently on it it really affects me like my mood my hormones and if I was going crazy and someone was like you have to go back on this I'd be like Screw you. Do you want to have hot flashes and mood swings every month? Oh, birth control like made me severely depressed for like mm-hmm. six months. I had to try like three different kinds. Yeah, I finally, finally feel am okay. nor- like normal. And I still like get like mood swings and I know it's from my birth control. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a lot to put on a girl like 100%. unless you're like act either act. I mean, it helps for so many different things. Acne, mm-hmm. health issues. And if you're actively having sex. Like, you should use it just as a precaution, maybe, but, like, you should never feel forced to 100%. have to put yourself through that. I don't like it. I don't... That, that's very strange. I get... Okay, I'm kind of conflicted because I get him being, like, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, I get him wanting to be safe, for sure. But I think there's other ways to be safe. I think he could wear a condom and yeah. pull out. That's yeah. two forms of this right there. This sounds like a him problem. Like, it sounds like he 
is he really rich and he's nervous someone's gonna <laughs> take him for all he's worth this yeah. is what I'm thinking or like has he accidentally had maybe an abortion scare or right. a pregnancy scare I shouldn't say abort like whatever it may be right. has this happened to him before maybe he has a little bit of trauma but it sounds like it's too much of a headache for someone you're just hooking up with agreed totally agreed if I don't know I think it's weird yeah that's not on you though that's totally on him no do also, whatever you bir- want to do like birth control makes you crazy when I I was doing so good with my anxiety it was gone went on birth control for medical reasons and I'm back to being fucking insane so it sucks it sucks they need a men's they need men's birth control <laughs> yeah what the hell yeah I don't know oh I was thinking when we were saying this I'm like you could wear a female condom <laughs> A, uh, what is it called? A, a de- beaver dam? What is it called? A know. dental dam? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I've never tried one personally. <laughs> I remember because whenever when I, works for you. When I do those segments asking the guys in the office to identify female products, yeah. I've looked up female condom pictures for it, and it looks like it looks like a balloon that's like starting to be blown. I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting. Okay, next one. We're going to. Sw- which and um this one's a lot heavier so we got to get into the zone so this person said hi Alyssa I've been listening to your podcast and have been dying to ask you my questions I'm 16 years old and my mom just recently passed away due to a two due to a two-year-long battle with cancer mm. it's been super tough for me she passed away right before my Christmas right before Christmas and my birthday. I've had to move in with my aunt and uncle because my dad is unable to take care of me. I have wonderful support system with most of my family and my boyfriend of over a year and his family, but my dad and I don't talk anymore. What should I do about me and my dad? I feel like he is not trying, and to be completely honest, I don't feel like trying either. He was barely around the whole time my mom was sick. He said he was trying, but he really wasn't. I've been living with my grandparents on and off for the past years while my mom was there so I could be with her how should I balance school my relationship with my boyfriend work and sports all while grieving thank you so much I would really appreciate your advice this just made me really sad and like I felt like I wanted to help her in any way even though I've personally never dealt with this so take my advice with a grain of salt but I just felt like you were hurting and like I wanted I felt like I should answer this um First of all, I'm so sorry. I think the one thing with parents that sometimes might be hard to understand is maybe your dad's way of grieving was to not be present during your mom being sick because it was hard for him to see, Mm. which doesn't excuse his behavior. He should step up as a father and be there for you. But I think sometimes in hindsight, we don't realize these things until we're adults ourselves. And we're going through things, um, just how challenging like life could be and how it's easier sometimes to shut things out and not necessarily confront it. So maybe your dad was doing the best he could, which was avoiding the situation because it was really painful for him. Um, it sounds like you said you live with your aunt and you've lived with your grandparents. I would honestly rely on those people that are like constants in your life and all you could do is like focus on your grieving and some kind of normalcy for yourself. Mm. So if that's not talking to your dad right now and needing to heal, then that's what that is. And and I would talk to your family about getting you into therapy. Mm. um, So you could talk with a professional to help you navigate it because I don't think you should be putting so much pressure on your relationship. Cause it's probably, I don't know you, you don't want to strain your 
you don't want to strain your one healthy relationship because you have all these other unhealthy relationships going on. So there's like a way to hopefully navigate this with a therapist and with family. And then you and your boyfriend could, he could be your escape and kind of your comfort versus like your support system in a sense. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And I mean, I don't, I don't really, I've never dealt with a loss like that. Mm -hmm. So I really am not a hundred percent sure what to say, but I will say this. My best friend lost her mom when we were in like sixth grade and she was not like open about talking about mm. it until college maybe a little later than that and i think it took a huge toll on her mental health personality everything and then she finally started to become comfortable just talking just being like oh my mom used to like that mm -hmm. oh my mom would do this my mom would do that and i think that's helped her a lot just kind of not get over it but accept and learn mm -hmm. how to talk without feeling like that sadness instead it, bec it becomes more of like a happy memory in a way and I think the biggest thing that you should do is just not like bottle everything in yeah just make sure you're talking to someone whether it's your grandparents your aunt your therapist it's all about being open and even though it might be uncomfortable for people even your friends like just every once in a while just being like I'm not feeling too great today or your boyfriend but it's important about balance and just being open and talking. And one other thing that came up just to build on that is I've had friends who have lost moms as well. And they find a lot of comfort in there's like grief camps you can go to. And at the age of 16, you could probably be like a counselor. And then I think you help other children who lost their parents at a younger age. And I think within the community of grief in general, you could rely on other people. Um, I also had a friend that did like a support group with other people that were grieving their parents. So I think it would be good to find community outside of your family mm -hmm. that are people that you could openly talk to because you know you just feel so much less judgment when it's someone that's like not directly in your life. Totally. Um, so I think that that's something you should really look into. And again, I'm so sorry. And even just having the courage to write into me yeah. um, just shows that you're like really wanting to work on yourself and work through your grieving. So we're sending you good vibes. Um, okay. The next and last one said, I've found that in my adulthood, aka late 20s, that I have challenges with putting others before me to the point where it drains me out and I barely put myself first. And I'm wondering if you have better ideas or ways to navigate this. I've always been very kind, open and giving to people. And I'm also the type of intuitive person who feels and takes on others' energies, good or bad. I'm the friend who people call to vent to always... I'm the friend who people call to vent to always, the best advice giver, the one people depend on for a lot, and all I and I do all of it. It's just the type of human I am. I like to think of myself as an empath. Now, as I inch towards 30, I'm looking for a healthy balance between caring for myself and putting myself first, as well as obviously still being there for all of the people I care for and love in my life. I'm tired of burning myself out, always being there to drop what I'm doing for others when I know firsthand that people would not do the same for me. And that's fine because that's not everyone's love language and people are different and I've come to accept that. As someone as successful as yourself who owns who you are unapologetically, just wondering if you might have tips to have a healthy balance of prioritizing you first before others. I'm struggling to find that and would appreciate any tips. Love you, queen. Um, no, sounds like I just wrote that. <laughs> um, I struggle with this, but I don't know if I have 
okay, I shouldn't say I struggle with this. I relate to this, but I'm not sure I struggle with it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, my relationship with my sister, like we'll talk on the phone for an hour and I'll just let her dump her problems on me. And then she'll always say to me, you don't open up. You don't Mm -hmm. tell me about yourself. I like hearing other people's problems. I can't explain it. Like that's just, I'm kind of the same way. Like people call me for advice and there's definitely friendships that I have where we could equally unload on each other. But I do like to take the role of like therapist in friendships. So for me, I get fulfilled being that person for people. Mm. So I don't really feel like I need to necessarily balance it. Where I run into an issue is when my mom and my sister are like, you're so closed off, you don't tell us anything. And I realize I'm just listening to other people all day and not sharing how I'm feeling. Um, Which I think could hinder us. I'm saying me and this girl that wrote in because we sometimes maybe aren't, at least for me, I'm not as in touch sometimes with how I'm feeling because I'm just wrapped up in helping other people. Maybe it's a way to deflect. I'm not really sure. But I think I think you have to kind of, with your friends, just openly talk about yourself. Stop asking so many questions <laughs> and be like, hey, you know, I'm really going through that too. Yeah. And if you feel like it's draining you and your mental health isn't in a good place and your friend wants to vent, you are allowed to be like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm I'm your friend. I'm not your therapist. You can't like dumping something on someone is a lot and you could openly say I'm going through something mm-hmm. too. So when you put this on me, like it affects myself as well. And if your if your friend is a good friend, they'll understand. Or just like I'm not open to hearing this today. Yeah. Like you know, um hey, I'm here for you. I want to talk to you about this, yeah. but I'm feeling really overwhelmed this week. Exactly. So can we talk about this another day? Yeah. Um, yeah, setting a boundary for your, like, emotional battery. Yeah, exactly. Setting boundaries is a huge part of it. I'm trying to think because I don't – I'm very, very similar to this in yeah. the sense where I, like, call my friends and we'll be like, hey, so how did that conversation go with so-and-so? Like, I'll follow up on things that I know mm. they're going through because – I like to help people navigate situations, but again, I get joy in yeah. doing that. So it's not. Well, it seems like she does too. Like it's yeah, too, she like does she too. She said that she like she said that she like likes to be that person, but sometimes it just gets too much for her. It seemed like. Which I do understand because sometimes, like if you're on the receiving end, you're kind of like, especially if it's yeah. a friend that keeps repeating it's the same like topic. Onto you, like, you're like, we've talked about yeah. this ten fucking yeah. times. Yeah. Like that, I get. I think. Sometimes I'll say to my sister, even if she's going on and on about something, I'll be like, I don't have anything to say back. I say yeah. that, literally. I'm like, I've told you how I feel. Yeah. At like, a certain point, like, your friends can't be your therapist. And it's, like, a lot of pressure to put on your friends to just, like, constantly be looking for advice. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, if that friend's not taking the advice or, like, just not listening to what you're saying. It can get so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, you kind of have to be like, listen, I'm your friend. I'll listen to you for hours. But you can't expect me to constantly be there for you for as like a tool to yes. make yourself feel better. So interesting. Yeah. One time I remember saying to one of my friends, <laughs> and it's so bitchy, <laughs> but like I wasn't even trying to be bitchy. I was like, have you thought about journaling? Because it sounds like you just need to get this off your yeah. chest. And I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like it sounds like you just want something to vet. Like you just yeah. want to vent. So maybe you should write it down. And then, you, and then as a friend, you're kind of like, well, that was a lot. Like, I don't yeah. really know what to say. But you don't want to seem like you don't care. So you can't just be like, 
like whoa where, where the hell did that yeah. come from you just but so you can't just like be consistently dumping all your stuff onto your friends mm-hmm. you have to be open about where you're at mentally f- for the girl who sent this in like you just have to be open and be like listen i'm here but at the same time there's a boundary between friends and therapy and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a licensed therapist <laughs> It's like, you're not paying me nearly yeah, enough yeah. to be part of this yeah. friendship. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I've, who was, um, oh, this girl apologized for bullying me in middle school and <laughs> high school. And um, not to me directly. She told my friend, yeah. oh, I wish I could apologize. And I said, oh, should I invoice her for my therapy bills? Yeah, literally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I appreciate the apology, but it doesn't fix 10 years of years, trauma. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get into the spill the tea segment. I hope we helped answer those questions. Kind of a spectrum, like really crazy questions today. Yeah. So I hope that we did our best. Um, we're not professionals, but <laughs> just trying to give you some life experience. Um, okay. So there's a lot on TV right now. I was like really deep into Ozark with my parents over quarantine and now that the new se- like season's out I'm feeling interested in watching it but not feeling like I need to binge it and finish it like for example if Euphoria wasn't reached like if Euphoria didn't come out in episode by episode I would binge it because it leaves me wanting more when Ozark comes out and I watch an episode I'm kind of like I can watch this next one or I could like scroll on TikTok. Like I'm not feeling (laughs) super like, oh, I need to finish the season. So I'm halfway through it. I'm feeling personally like it's a little unrealistic at this point. And it's like it's the same old thing. I think that Wendy is a bitch and just (laughs) the worst mother I've ever seen in my life. I think Marty is, like, too chill. They're just, like, actually the worst parents I've ever seen. Jonah aged 45 years in one season. Like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's getting really off the charts. Um, but I still I still like it, but I'm just kind of bleh with it. Um, I did start Too Hot to Handle. Oh, what do you think? I am about halfway through, I would say, as well. I think I'm on episode six. Okay. I think it's a little I think the show is so predictable in the sense that every every season one couple wants to take on the role of Harry and Francesca now. Yeah. Like they I feel like they know, oh, this is the that they'll this get is the, the most part. publicity from it. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is the part I'm gonna play in the yeah. season. And it just feels a little unauthentic. It feels stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like these people aren't there to work on themselves. They no. wanna have sex. They like they're not you can't cast people for a show to work on yourself if they're not open to doing that. And you know what really annoys me <laughs> is that they expect these self-absorbed people <laughs> to go through a 10-minute class yeah. with, like, a random, like, love expert. Guru. And they, like, paint their, like, body. And they all of a sudden <laughs> expect them to be like, oh, my God, I love yeah, myself. I'm ready for love. Like, whatever. Like, it's so bullshit. It's just, like... Not well done. No, it's not. It feels like they film in a two-week span. Yes. So the difference with like a Love Island, for example, is they're there for months. Yeah. So they actually grow towards the end of it because it's 24-7 for months. Love Island's just superior. It's superior. This is like eight days. And by like day two, they're like, he doesn't like me. It's like you've known each other for 12 hours. It's crazy. And it's just like, (laughs) I wanted to punch 
if I was a part of that group <laughs> and there was a girl like Holly, mm. I would have. How do these people not go off on them? And they're Who, like, oh, wait. like we messed up. We won't do it again. They do it again. Oh, we messed up. We won't do it again. They do it again. At a certain point, I would explode. But at a certain point, you're also like, I that we're not getting money. So I yeah, but it's like they lost so much, so money much for what a kiss between shorts. That was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Literally the weirdest thing ever. And I was okay. like, I'm so tired of this show. Whenever I watch reality shows, I just think, like, who would I date? And <laughs> I think I'm into the guy that's dating Bo. Harry. Harry. Harry was Harry can so get it. Cute. I think that's who I like. Yeah, he was so cute. I, apparently they're not. Apparently no, they're, I think they're together. Oh, yeah. I saw on Instagram. I stalked, even though I'm not done with the show. I think they're like. Like a situation show. Oh. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. The show was two years ago at this point. Right. So anyone that's still together is, that's, that's wild. Crazy. It's like good for you. Yeah. I don't, I just, none of the couples made sense to me. I hated season two cast. They're so thirsty. Chase. That was like Carly Lawrence, right? Yes. Yeah, and Chase. Yeah, Chase was the worst. Mm. They were all so like, they were like uh, clout, like clout monsters. chasers. Yeah. 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 Farmers. Clout farmers. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I mean, listen, too hot to handle. Is it fun to put on? Sure. It's kind of like Ozark with me right now. I'm not dying to finish it. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll put this on and I'll watch it, but it's not, I know this is a saying for books, but it's not like a page turner. It's not a binger. No, definitely not. (laughs) Like, I'm just kind of like, eh, okay, hot people, like hooking up, breaking rules, um, euphoria, I watched last night. Did you watch? Yes. Wait, can I read you a tweet? And I want yeah. you to, I want to hear what you think. About okay. It. Okay. Is it about you how to handle? No, it's about euphoria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Someone tweeted this. Every episode of euphoria now feels entertaining, but annoying. Well acted, but terribly written, beautifully shot, but horribly placed, complex on accident, but unnecessary on purpose, seemingly smart, but actually dumb. Do you agree? Well said. Um, Brianna actually tweeted something similar about, yeah. like, what's it's with these like, movies? Like, these, um... It's become, like, this, m- like, music theatrical, videos. like... Like, oh, every little thing has this, like, secret purpose. I like, kind of dig it. Yeah. Like, I kind of like how odd it is. Because, like, by the end of last night's episode, I didn't know what I just watched. Right. Like, did Rue die? Is she alive? Is she in heaven? But, I, like, I loved the scene with the dad with oh. his dick out. <laughs> just, like, was, going crazy. That was the funniest. <laughs> I have been seeing so many funny tweets about that scene. People were like, he literally went off. You have to remember he's literally still a disgusting man who disgusting. had sex with an underage girl. But at the same time, like, not at the same time, but that one scene was just he owned it all. Insane. He's like, I'm a dog. Like, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Like, I think he got hit in the head so hard by Ashtray that, like, something mm-hmm. went off in his brain. I don't know Wait, what Wait, I have a question. When they, okay, when the guy went to, um, I don't know his name. Who's the guy that's Ashtray's, like, father? Not father, but. Oh, Fesco? Fesco. Yeah. When the guy went to Fez's house, what did he say to him? He said that. Mouse's baby mama. Who's Mouse? Mouse is the drug dealer that uh, Ashtray killed. Okay. Remember in season one, he gave Rue the fentanyl, and he was like that scary guy. And Okay. Yeah. So, and then <laughs> Fezco really killed him. No. So, he came to the house, and Ashtray, like, just straight up shot him. Yes, I remember. Yeah. The season. So, 
they found remember and that's how that's why Faye is staying at his apartment yes, now. Yes, she's hiding. She's hiding because he, uh, her boyfriend knows about the murder and they like were searching for her and now the baby mama is knocking on Faye's boyfriend's door looking for mouse. I see. So now Fez is like, oh fuck. So what do you okay. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, yeah. what is happening yeah. here? I thought they were trying to say Ashtray's birth mom showed up. Oh, okay. I was yeah, like, no. wait, what? Yeah, no. Okay, so then one more question. Sorry for you guys listening, but maybe this will help you also digest what the fuck is happening on this show. Literally. Um, Rue, oh, with the drugs, with the suitcase open, like, are you trying to get arrested for she possession? She has been so frustrating this season. Like, she, obviously, like, she's a very accurate portrayal of, like, substance. Drug addict, yeah. Yeah, substance addiction. And... It's just, like, at a certain point, like, I kind of, not that I hope she overdoses, but, like. She, she needs a wake-up call. She needs a wake-up call. It's, like, she's already overdosed. And that whole suitcase situation, like, God knows what's going I have that, a theory I that. I wish that didn't happen. Like, that I, I ruins know. the It's, like, the what's show? the point? Yeah, like, do we really need They've root? been adding so many different elements that just, like, make no sense. I think that, I saw this on TikTok. I think that they're going to kidnap Gia. Who the hell is Gia? Her sister. Oh. <laughs> Her sister, and I think they're going to use her as collateral. Oh. When she, like, ODs and she can't give the money back. You know what's so funny? I don't even have, like, suspicions of what's to come because I'm so lost no, it's in so what's happening that I can't even be like, oh, this is going to unfold. Yeah. It's like I'm just watching it with fresh it's eyes absurdity. every time. I liked season one because they picked a character, mm-hmm. did the backstory on the character. There was a bunch of crazy shit going on, but... They had that main person. Oh yeah, as I forgot the they did that. Line. Now it's just a whole bunch of shit going on at once. It's like they were having like, this parallel between I Cassie love being it, super drunk and Cal whipping his yeah. dick out. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. what am I watching? Like, There's so much going on at once. It's like you can't breathe the but entire Cass- episode. Cassie is the epitome of like high school me. Like oh, that's yeah. what we would all like. Picture of a guy you liked. You would. Just take the bo- bo- like the bottle of wine to your face like that and then throw up. Like that's I was like, why this it's is like spot enter- on. it's a hundred percent still entertaining. Yeah, it is, and it's I still like it. It's just like compared to season one, I think it's just taking this crazy turn. Yeah, it is, and I and it's just very unpredictable. And it's like, where is this? I kind of like how weird it is though, because I feel like like I'm saying with all these other shows, I'm bored. Yeah, like I like You're never not bored watching. That's that. the thing. Yeah. Like I'm. It's ho- it's holding my attention. Totally. Like I'm not looking at my phone. Yeah. Like Ozark, and I'm like, eh. yeah. like at least Euphoria is like really engaging. Yeah, totally. Um, and also they think that Rue overdosed, and that's like when she was talking at the end, and then it switched to Jules talking. They think Jules like might be the new narrator. Wait, I just got the chills. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it, I feel like most of the predictions, like, haven't really been right. It was giving but. me, like, Demi Lovato v- vibes, how she was, like, saying that she was smoking weed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The whole thing. It's the just, like, thing. fucking me and up. Also, they're in the car, and she's drinking. Everyone's and drunk Elliot driving. Tu- Elliot turns around, he's like, you shouldn't be drinking on those. How does Jules not hear? And then she's like... Rue is so obviously fucked, fucked up. Fucked up the whole episode. The, and he's like, oh, Rue's been using. No shit. Like, is Jules blind? She's also, like, is, is the mom blind? Oh, that feels so fucking good. Yeah. Like, obviously, she's not just high on weed. <laughs> but, like, is anyone around I, it, her it, good? It like, makes no sense. No sense. Also, when he said, oh, yeah, we've been doing heroin, fat, and I was like, whoa, I didn't know they were doing yeah. heroin. Yeah. 
I don't know. This shit is so above me. Like, I don't know. I'm so prude with drugs, I guess. Like, I'm just like, what is going on? My high school experience was not like this. Except I was like drunk. I was drunk in pools with like big boobs. That was me. (laughs) Um, Okay. So (laughs) I pictures me in a hot tub. Yeah. I know there was a really funny meme of like Cassie walking down the stairs like me at the beginning of the party and then yeah. like her getting dragged down. That's like, me literally, literally me. Literally, um, okay, to switch gears, Rihanna's pregnant and she's just the most beautiful pregnant woman I've ever seen in my entire life. My friend sent a really funny text and she was like, I can't believe she came at fans so hard for thinking she was pregnant, dot, 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 and she was, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And it's like, yeah, like, so true. it's not fair. Well, probably because when it's in the beginning of your pregnancy, you're she like, doesn't want people yeah, to this know. isn't fair. Sense. Yeah. But also, Rihanna's pregnancy and na- like her photos of her and Trap, what's his name? Um, ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky. Oh my I don't know. How, yeah, what? I, I don't know. My I'm, mind Travis, just I'm thinking of Travis fire. Scott. Like they yeah. all. I don't know. I'm. I was just confused. What's his name? ASAP Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> <Yes>. Her <laughs> Rihanna's pictures with ASAP Rocky were staged. We could agree because yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Those. I mean. To wear an outfit like that, go out in public, they both look flawless. Yeah. It's like that was her way of announcing, announcing not on Instagram, not in a magazine. It's like, okay, we're going to wear the coolest outfits anyone's ever seen in their life. And I'm going to look flawless because she's just the prettiest human. And he's going to look so hot. And we're just going to walk on the streets. And this is how we're going to put out there that we're pregnant. And we're going to hire a photographer. They looked so good. So, the coordination. Ugh. Her out. I've never seen her I'm look so better in years. For them. Like, they, they couldn't be more of like a. Power couple. A, yeah, power couple. Like, one, OTP, one true pairing. Yes. Like, they are the OTP of the world. They're iconic iconic her hair i want to copy that hairstyle she is so beautiful he is so hot i haven't seen like skin is flawless she's pretty always but i've never seen her look this pretty i don't know what it is and i i this is a hot take but i think pregnant people can sometimes it kind of grosses me out she Mm. is the most beautiful pregnant person i have ever seen in my life okay so this picture of my sister pregnant whenever i see it Something about the big belly this, just like, this the song from TikTok pops into my mind. I am woman. I yeah. am fearless. <laughs> I am sexy. I'm divine. I'm sure this your sister picture looks beautiful. Of, no, she's like her bumps like so little. Oh, small. No, but sh- her hair's blowing and she's standing there and I'm like that picture is that song yeah. like i am wait i'm gonna pull it up uh i'm like i can't even explain it i hear that song in my head every single time i see this picture her instagram's private guys so i'm gonna show it on my laptop so you're gonna have to go to youtube to see this but i i just can't okay oh wait where'd it go okay we're pulling it up here we go <laughs> is that not that song oh yeah See, that, she looks like, like that's a that's a Rihanna esque pregnancy I announcement picture. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see that's, that, I'm like, that is Jane of the Jungle. Yeah, she she looks amazing. Amazing. Yeah. See, I feel like if I was pregnant, I would be so gross, and I just oh, something about I'm gonna look like belly. a whale. No. Oh. No. I'm gonna look like Shamu. I, I hope I'm rich enough to have a surrogate. <laughs> because I just can't afford to get I just want to take off for nine months. No one will know. I'll yeah. be like Kylie. I just yeah. show up with a baby one Honestly, day. Honestly, and then I'll get like liposuction or something. Oh, yeah. Either way, I have to be rich because there's no way I'm losing the weight myself. I was talking to someone recently about a BBL and like it is <laughs> wa- not not to get one, by the way, guys. Like there's other things I would do. But BBLs are so dangerous. Well, I was t- 
talking to her about it and she got it done in Miami and then she had to fly home but you fly home with your head in the seat and your butt up in the air yeah literally that's how you fly home with a BBL it's literally backwards crazy it's crazy yeah it's just insane okay last topic we're gonna talk about is I'm just like annoyed by him um Kanye West (laughs) is still just like out here going wild about Kim and Pete allegedly he was spreading a rumor that Pete Davidson has AIDS which is like so like not funny (laughs) and like what Kanye I just think he's seeming really embarrassing it's embarrassing he's he clearly like this is why Kim divorced him it's yes he's a loose to openly talk about her life and something private like if there even was a second sex tape or whatever the hell that deal was to openly talk about that and try to like have this like savior complex where you're like oh like I helped her I saved her no dude you're airing out so personal business so basically Kanye said that he flew the night of SNL yes to go get Ray J's laptop to retrieve it because there was a second sex tape on it yeah and apparently there wasn't wait my favorite thing is Ray J's part in all of this he writes back like hey guys like yeah I have kids too it's not fair. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's yeah. he's like, leave me alone. He, like, I also have a family. Fuck off. Yeah. He just like constantly publicly like puts their business on blast. Like that part, like that he's one time so when he was messy. like, I wanted to abort North. North. Like you can't. No, Kim wanted that. to abort North. Yeah. Yeah. Said. Like you, you can't just be publicly airing out your like business with your wife. Like you will never have a healthy relationship with that. And I don't expect. I am shocked that he expected people to be like, oh, my God, Kanye, like, you're such a good guy for doing that. I think he's so narcissistic, genuinely, that he just thinks whatever he says goes. And I don't even think it registers in his head that what he's saying might be problematic or offensive or crossing a boundary. He just goes out, says whatever the hell he wants. And it's like getting to the point where someone said this. They were like, he used to be the most powerful man in the industry. And like, you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, totally. Like someone needs to take away his social media privileges or like Hollywood wire or whatever. People are just eating it up. Everyone's just eating it up. Everything he says is like the next like. I saw this editor wrote an article about how Kanye West and Julia Fox are um a genius money ploy yeah he was like i've never been paid more than i have to write an article about them Mm. everything that they're wearing everything that they're doing like it's completely a business transaction it's just so like i'm so tired of it at this point like i would i would love to just have every entertainment outlet just stop talking about him yes us included but the one thing i do want to say one thing i do want to say though is it's kind of like icking me out how he's making – I didn't realize he th- did this until now, but he made Kim Kardashian his, like, bar- like his real-life Barbie. Yeah, and he's doing it And same. now he's doing it to Julia, and now the second time around it feels really gross to me. It's like she's not your toy. She's yeah. not your, like, little, like, doll that you get to dress up and take around. And, like, it's just making me uncomfortable something about it. Did you see her it. Paris Fashion Week look with the, the black ma- eyes? Yeah. Oh, and then she posted a picture like my favorite makeup artist, and it was Kanye like doing the look on her. Like, no wonder it looks so bad. <laughs> because Con- what does he know about makeup? Uh, I, it's I just, just insane, and they're both. I just don't. They're both on a next level of God knows what's going on, and they're u- they're mutually using each other for clout. Totally, Ju- yeah, a thousand percent. And I don't know. I think 
Kanye's just trying to make up for it by using, like, Julia. And she's, like, slowly turning into Kim. I like, think when a narcissist loses their grasp, yeah. they, like, because Kim was the one to be like, see ya, he didn't win in his eyes. So he's totally. grasping to win. And it's just, like, it's honestly gross. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, we will leave it here. That is today's episode. If you are new here, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We go live every single Tuesday on podcast and YouTube. Join us on YouTube. It's it's fun out here. You could see us. You could see all the crazy um, shit I do. And um, we will be back next Tuesday. Thanks, guys. <laughs>